Hey guys, I'm really excited to announce we are going to be doing a giveaway. What this is going to be is a two-man, two-day guided waterfowl hunt on November 18th and 19th in Northeast Kansas with Steady Wing Outfitters. In order to be signed up for the drawing, there's four things I need you to do. You need to go on to Instagram and follow the Steady Wing Outfitters Instagram page. You have to follow the Wicked Hunting Report Instagram page. In that Wicked Hunting Report Instagram page, I'm going to be making a post about the giveaway. In that post, I need you to tag three friends in it, and then you have to subscribe to the podcast. Once you've done all four of those things, follow the two Instagram pages, subscribe to the podcast, and tag your three friends. I need you to screenshot all four of those things and send them in a message to me on the Wicked Hunting Report Instagram page. Once you've done that, I'll enter you into the drawing. Uh, the drawing will go until the last day of February. Then on March 1st, I will draw the winner. And then on March 2nd, in that episode, I will announce who the winner is. So good luck. Tell your friends. Get as many people as you can signed up. The more people you have signed up, the better options you have that one of your buddies is going to win it and invite you along. Good luck. Before we get started, I want to tell you about our sponsors. Uh, first, we have DuckSeason.com. That's D-U-K-S-Z-N.com. Uh, go on there and check it out. You can trade hunts with people from across the country. Uh, there's a good duck hunting forum on there. You can buy some merchandise. Uh, there's also the Salty Fowl line of clothing on there where 100% of the profits go to the conservation of eiders. Next, we have Steady Wing Outfitters. It's located in northeast Kansas, and they're guiding for waterfowl, turkey, and deer. Uh, follow them on Instagram and Facebook, and if you want to book a hunt, you can call Mikey Soberano. His number is 785-410-2304. Next, we have 701 Pursuit. That's Caleb and the guys making hunting and fishing videos on YouTube. Uh, you can check them out there, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all those places. They also have a website. It is the numbers 701pursuit.com. Go on there and buy some clothes, hat shirts, stuff like that. Now we've got Waylon Johnson and his guide service, uh, hunting ducks and geese down in the San Antonio, Texas area. Uh, you can find him on Facebook. It's Waylon Johnson on there. Or you can give him a call. His number is 361 Four nine four seven eight six eight. Lastly, we have Highline Retrievers uh, dog training up in Northeast Montana. You can find them on Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok. It's H I L I N E Retrievers. You can also uh, give me a call. My number is four zero six seven eight three seven zero eight three. If you have any questions on training, need any advice, any help, or if you want to set up some training in the future for your four-legged friend. Uh, thanks a lot and enjoy the show. All right, welcome to the Wicked Hunting Report. Today I'm with Drew Bayumpa. Um, I feel like I've known him for quite a while. So Drew, why don't you introduce yourself? First, right off the bat, it's Drew Bayumpa. Um, your sister always got mad at me and told me it's Bayumpa. Honestly, I don't even know the real version because the name is Americanized anyways, so it truly yep. doesn't matter. Uh <laughs> But for all the listening ears, me and Garrett are actually cousins, so that's probably why he knows me forever. But yeah, um, I grew up in North Dakota, and I started hunting 
probably around 13, and I quickly took a liking to snow geese, where I, me and Garrett kind of started, and we have a lot of uh, cool and fun stories. But eventually, I got hooked up with some really good guys who kind of mentored me, got to do a lot of cool hunting, uh, just kind of in North Dakota, South Dakota, East Coast, did a little bit of Canada hunting. So been a little bit everywhere, but uh, been a little bit everywhere except down south. So Cool. So, Drew, to get started, what kind of hunting do you do besides your waterfowl? What else do you go after? Besides waterfall, yeah. Uh, my dad, he has some land out in Minnesota. It's kind of western Minnesota. He's got 140 acres, so I like to do a lot of deer hunting. It's not big deer. Uh, I will be completely honest with that right away, but uh, it's kind of more of a nostalgia, kind of a family thing, so I've recently picked up bow hunting. It's a heck of a lot harder than a rifle, but yeah, I, I like to, you know, deer hunt as much as I possibly can when I'm not waterfalling. Um, kind of actually took a hiatus from waterfall waterfall hunting this year, but doesn't mean I love it any less. Just trying something new, more or less. So right before we started recording, you're about to tell me a story about when you were hunting in Maine. Yeah. Tell me about it. So kind of a backstory. Uh, how I really, really got the waterfall hunting bug is I had a mentor. His name was Blake Lawrence. I'm sure he'll be on the podcast eventually. But he conned me in to doing an East Coast tour. So what we both were trying to do is we're, we were trying to do the ultimate waterfall challenge. It's where you kill all the species of waterfall in North America. And before we went on the trip, I needed like 20 species. And after the trip, I needed only nine left. So we really just, we went from Maine down to New Jersey, then down to Maryland and just kind of combed the East Coast and shot as many species as we could all in a week. There's a lot of flying. Um, but yeah, it's, we went out to Maine and we were mainly targeting common eider. And uh, right away when we got out there, we're hunting the ocean and it's like negative nine degrees and it's like freezing cold. So the water is like super cold too. And we're ledge hunting. And as you're, you're, you're laying down, you're like hunting these ledges, the tide will come up because the water is obviously coming in with the tide, right? So you're slowly climbing up these rock edges. And sometimes your decoys will get farther and you got to pull your decoys back. And it's kind of weird, you know, trying to position yourself to hunt the whole morning. Some ledges you can only hunt for a little bit because how the bird traffic is and how much really real estate you have left over. So the second day we were like, okay, let's just hunt the channel because no matter what, the birds are going to come up the channel. So we, <laughs> we do layout boats in the channel, which is something you normally don't do. And, uh, what a, what a layout boat is, it's just like a coffin blind, but you are basically below sea level and they take like these 45 pound weights and they tie them to strings and they drop one in front of your boat and behind your boat. So again, you're like below sea level, so you're below the water, and you're just kind of just sitting in the water real low, and then the ducks, they come just like divers, and they'll come real fast, and they'll come up to you. And our, he wasn't our guide, he he was a buddy of ours, he, we did some trade hunting, he came on snow goose hunted with us, and then we went up. Was that to, Eddie? No, this is uh, Captain Mike, yeah. Okay. Dirty Mike in the voice. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, he, he told us, he's like, just so you know, there's seals out here. And he goes, if they climb up on your boat, he's like, it'll flip you. He goes, they'll think it's a rock. He's like, so you need to shoot it. And I'm like, shoot the seal. 
yeah, shoot the seal. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, I'll. so I'm laying in this boat and, um, I'm, I had a merganza come behind me and I, I pounded it. And, uh, when, after I shot this merganza, like everybody's like, yo, Drew, Drew. And they're waving their arms at me. And I like, look at them. And, uh, I guess when I turn around to shoot this merganza, a seal had popped up and was swimming towards my boat. And then when I turned around, it must've submerged itself or maybe I just didn't see it. Well, then I'm like, well, whatever. Maybe they were like congratulating me on shooting merganser. I don't know. And then I look forward and they just like start screaming again. And I'm like looking at them, but they're in another boat being I'm in the layout boats. They're nowhere near me. Um, really don't know what's going on. And then like five seconds later, all of a sudden it's like a volleyball. It's just a huge seal pops up and it's like swimming, like coming to come on my boat. And I instantly start yelling and I didn't shoot it. I shot next to it <laughs> and then it merged and went away. But then uh, later that same, I think it was that same day, we were trying to pull the decoy line and being the, the current is so strong and they have to use such heavy weights, some of the decoys will submerge and then they'll spin under the water. And I could not for the life of me get these weights to come up and the way it was spinning, this is just me not knowing the area. I thought it was a seal stuck in the line. So I'm like trying to pull and I'm like, like we got a seal on the line. We got a seal on the line. <laughs> I'm freaking out and Captain Mike... <laughs> He runs over. He's like, oh, well, we're going to have to club it. We're going to have to club it. We obviously want to, you know, and uh, he like he's a, he's a diesel mechanic and he works on like logging. So he's a lot stronger than I am. And he came to you, ripped it out. And he more or less called me a stupid North Dakota boy and didn't know what I was talking about. And but yeah, it was it was it was a lot of fun. <laughs> we got to drink a lot of we got to drink a lot of Moxie, which is like their version of Coca-Cola. It's like a non uh, non-alcoholic Jägermeister. And then we ate moon pies, so no lobster. Shit, yeah. So, should we tell the people how we met Blake Lawrence in that first hunt? How we met him? <laughs> well, yeah, I think we should. It, 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 it's, it's a worthwhile story. Well, it so, started with Drew on Craigslist in Men Seeking Men section. It wasn't It wasn't Men Seeking Men. It was, uh, yeah, it wasn't that. It was, it was actually on a decoy form on craigslist but yeah more or less i so i was like dead set on killing snow geese and i'm not sure what it was in me that wanted to kill snow goose so bad but i was like i'm gonna figure it out and blake had put up an ad that said um you want to hunt i got the decoys and blake is at this time he's probably what do you think 30 it's 30 something and i was 18 i was my first year of college and you were 16 or something yeah, I don't think I had my driver's license yet. No, you did because you drove. Don't you remember going there at two in the morning? No. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. So, so the first year, um, when when I contacted him, I was I think I was fifteen, because my dad drove us to the field. Remember? Not with Blake though. And then Our yeah, first... we didn't hunt with Blake until the following fall. Oh, so you knew Blake before that? Yeah. So. Oh actually what happened so I'll, I'll fill i'll fill in the gaps here so blake had this ad for killing snow geese so i call him on um through his number on craigslist and i'm like yeah you know we'll hunt we'll do all this work whatever and he was down in south dakota at the time and i had a horrible time understanding blake so i just give the phone to garrett <laughs> and i just told garrett to talk to him and garrett was saying yeah it was rough hunting or whatever blah 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 and then we kind of didn't uh, talk again until the fall. And then Blake 
or me and you had a spot lined up that fall for opener. And then the night before opener, it got posted. So then I more or less just blew Blake's phone up for us to hunt on Sunday with him. So then, yeah, on the way. So, and just wait for people that don't know Blake, if you text him, there's a 90% chance he won't respond until a week later. So if you really need to get a hold of him, you have to blow up his phone. So kind of, kind of had to do that. Yeah. And he also didn't know us. Um, Yeah, true. (laughs) Two teenage guys trying to get a hold of him is a little bit weird sometimes. No kidding. Off an ad on Craigslist. (laughs) So we drove. Blake was living at the time. He's living in Fargo. So we drove from Wapiton to Fargo. My alternator went out on the way there. We had a group of very nice uh, Latino men push our our pickup into a holiday gas station. We left Fargo at like, I think probably 3 a.m. They were supposed to meet him at Shields at 2. So we were an hour late. So he's already pissed at us because he had to meet us at the holiday gas station. (laughs) Drove two hours out west. We shot a a bunch of spoonbills. What else did we shoot? I had a hole in my waders. Went back. We got cool sunrise pictures. I know that. Yeah, we did. We got cool sunrise pictures. Drove back. Um, Garrett fixed my alternator in a holiday parking lot. And then after that, With I looked a crescent at, wrench and a hammer, pretty much. Yeah, and my dad had bought some tool that he's like, oh, I bought some, like, he, he had bought some specialty tool, he said, but I'm not sure if you used it or not. No. But yeah, fixed the pickup. And then uh, after that hunt, though, I hunted with Blake. Every single hunt I went on, it would have been with Blake for probably two and a half years. So it was it was. And at the time, he didn't know how young me and Garrett were. Uh, I was. Yeah, I would have been 16 and Garrett was 18. So. Yeah, turned into a good thing, though. Yeah, I can't wait for him to get on because he's got a lot of stories and he knows a lot about hunting, but just hasn't worked out yet. But so what what was your best hunt with him that you can remember? The best was it that one in the fog? Uh, yeah, the best hunts with him was... So, no, the best hunt with him... <laughs> Blake is extreme, but he is extreme in all the best ways, not not in any bad way. But we had a field lined up. We had a group of guys who were going to go, and it was a, we were supposed to have a snowstorm. And anybody who waterfall hunts, they know that extreme weather can be just absolutely murder. And there was a field that that was lined up. It had ducks. It had geese. Uh, When I say geese, it had little geese. It had specks. It had big Canada snows. It had everything. And it's like bad outside. They closed I-94 going west. And being from North Dakota, they don't just close the roads. And this it's the same with Montana. They don't just close the roads unless it's bad outside. And it was bad. And they closed the roads to I-94. And we would have had to take an I-94 to get there. But Blake's like, well, let's just take the highway. And I'm like, no, no. I was like, I don't know if I want to do this. And at this point, everybody had backed out except for me and Blake. And then I called Blake and I was like, Blake, I can't do this. Like, I'm I'm freaked out. This is this is scary. Like, it's like no travel advised. Like, everything is closed down. There's like photos on Facebook of people like, you know, going the ditch. And he's like, nah, nah, you are not backing out on me on this. And so he 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 makes his plan. He's like, we're going to go to Shields. <laughs> we're going to get snowboarding goggles. He goes, and then we're just going to leave. So th- we're going to leave at like 9 p.m. And this would on, on, only be like an hour and a half drive normally. He's like, but we'll leave at 9 p.m. He goes, we'll go super slow. He goes, and then we'll just get the field. We'll sleep in the trucks. He's like, we'll give us enough time. If we have to dig out a spot in the field, we can we can dig out a spot. And we can set up some decoys and we'll hunt. And so he goes, we'll just go slow. He goes, I'll be on the phone with you the whole time. And I'm like, 
all right, screw it. I'll do it. So we go to Shields and we buy these like ski goggles. <laughs> we like pack a bunch of warm clothes and we drive out west. And it took us probably four and a half hours to get there. And cool. on the way, it was like pickup, semi, pickup in the ditch, pickup in the ditch, semi in the ditch. Like everybody's in the ditch and we're probably going like 20 miles an hour. And uh, Blake, you guys pulling a trailer? No, no, we, we were just going to okay. go silhouettes because it was just so bad out. And uh, yeah, we, we slept in the we slept in an approach. Oh, no. When we got to the field, every every way we tried to take, it was drifted so bad from the wind that we couldn't get access to the field. <clears throat> well, then Blake, he just kept looking on um, maps. Blake's a genius, by the way. But he just kept looking at maps and kept looking on different routes and how we could get to the field. And then finally, he found one. And this snowstorm was in October. So it was at the point where it was just freezing, but there was still running water. And he found this one route and we were going on it and there was like water rushing across the road. And he calls me because I'm just kind of following him around. And he goes, are you ready? He goes, I think I think we can go for it. I was like, no, I'm not. I was like, well, what if we just park the trucks here and we walk? And he's like, no, he goes, it'd be like a three mile walk. He goes, and he's like, it's literally, you know, at this point, it's 1 a.m., you know. I was like, all right, screw it. You know, like you go first, more or less. The plan was he was going to go first. I'll have the tow hope ready in case he sinks and I can pull him out. Well, we both get across, whatever. We hunt this field and it was absolutely insane. Uh, our silhouettes by the end of the hunt, only only the heads were showing of the sentries. We had so many ducks on us. Um, I shot my first black duck that hunt. But yeah, we literally could have killed our ducks in the first like two minutes of the hunt. We literally had tornadoes of like for probably like three hours of just ducks coming in on us. And we had the, the speckled bellies. They ate us up. The snows ate us up. And we actually ended up killing a limit of each of us had a limit of big candidates. We each had our limit of ducks. So we each had our limit of I think we shot a lot of widgeon. I shot my black duck and then kind of some random stuff. We each had a limit of speckled bellies and i think we killed a couple snow geese but yeah it was it was absolutely insane it was more or less a smorgasbord of any bird that came in we could pick what we wanted it didn't matter what we did we could have had the blind doors wide open we could have been standing up it was insane um but yeah that that definitely was that was the cherry on the top for hunts it was absolutely horrible and scary getting there and kind of stupid probably i'm not gonna lie <laughs> but yeah it was it was insane but it, yeah, all the all my crazy hunts have all been in that extreme type weather though, so you, you kind of can't knock something that's working, you know. I gotcha. Now I'm gonna spin a story that's back. That was me and you, and then the Bukestead boys. Do you remember my first mallard? I think so. <laughs> you should you so, should remind me though. I don't I don't totally remember. So we went hunting. I can't remember how the hunt went. We went went with them that was the one when whichever one was sitting in the middle of the pickup got claustrophobic on the way home he woke up and was claustrophobic and we had to stop oh, yeah. and let him get out yeah he started like swinging at everyone <laughs> yeah that was all of you were sleeping i was driving then all of a sudden he just wakes up screaming and swinging his fist but <laughs> anyways so we went out and I, I don't if i remember right we didn't really shoot anything we got like two ducks or something but i had this is right when i had first started waterfowl hunting with you and I wanted to shoot a mallard so bad, and I hadn't shot a mallard. And so when we're driving out down the road, we go by this slough, and there's, like, four mallards in there. It was, like, a drake and two hens. 
And I said, I want to shoot that mallard because I want to shoot mallard. And she's sitting right there. And we looked and it wasn't posted or anything. So we went parked up a ways. And I just got out with my waders and my gun. And I snuck down to the pond and jumped him out of the pond. And I shot at the the drake and just completely missed him and hit a female. I hit a hen and she landed <laughs> in the water. So anyways, it's this little like cattle pond thing. So I'm going out there in my waders out to get it because we didn't have a dog. And... As I was going, it was kind of like way steep, way steep, way steep, and I was just like six foot away from her. All of a sudden, it dropped off, and I dropped. My waders filled with water, and I unbuckled them, and I don't know how I did it, but I kicked out because it was over my head. I somehow kicked out my waders, and I had my gun, and I swam out with my gun, swam out there, grabbed the duck, swam back. So then I walked up there, just my clothes, my waders were sitting in the bottom of that pond, and it was cold, and I walked back to the pickup in my socks and threw the duck in the back, threw the gun in the back, and I took off my clothes so i was just sitting there in my underwear and we had to crank the heat in the defroster so i could thaw out because i was so cold and then the whole pickup was just complete fog because i was so wet that you know it was a humidity and it just stank like slew and i was soaking wet and cold and yeah and then on the drive back you guys were all tired so i had to drive for you because you were barely staying awake and that's when on the way back you're in the passenger seat the buick said boys and then there was another there was another kid that was in your class who was that short kid Anyways, yeah. yeah, the one Buick said boy was in the middle, and we were just about back, and he just woke up. He's like super claustrophobic, we started yelling and swinging his fists and elbows, and I think he hit that that smaller kid in the face or something. Because I remember him being all pissed because his face hurt or something like that. But but he was well. I remember how humid it got in there, and yeah. Now I do I do remember this now more now that you've added some detail. But yeah, he's like, why is it so hot in here? He's like, I need to get out of here right now. Yeah. It was it was funny. What do you do? <laughs> that's yeah. That's high school hunting for you, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so, what other notable hunts have you been on? Can you think of any offhand? Yeah, honestly, snow geese, juvie snow geese. I've, I'm not. I'll, I'll be humble. I'm not the greatest snow goose hunter, but I've been blessed to be able to be along on a lot of really fun snow goose hunts. I've been on probably. I was actually trying to count the other day. I've been on 10 or 11 triple digit days for snow geese. And yeah, it's, there's nothing like hunting, you know, young, dumb, juvie snow geese where some days it's just like, you can't do any wrong and they just continue to come down on you. But we had a week out in Ashley and I had to take, I had to take a couple of days off because I was in school at the time and I wish I won thinking, look, looking back now, because I don't even do what I went to school for, <laughs> but I had found a field out West and this was like three hours from Wapaton. So this would have been, no, I think it was four hours from Wapaton. So it would have been five hours from Blake. And I found this juvie field. So this was fall snows. This isn't spring snows. And I found this pocket of snows in this field. And I told Blake, I'm like, we got to do it, you know, and I had spent literally the whole day trying to find uh, a field of juvie snows, found them. And Blake kind of on the limb, he trusted me. He's like, all right, yeah, you know, let's let's do it. So we hunted that field three days in a row. The three days I was there. So I hunted Saturday, Sunday, Monday. We had shot a four man limit, a three man limit. And then, a no, yeah, a four man limit, a three man limit and a three man limit. So that's. um So wait, yeah, it would have been, I said four-man, three-man, three-man, correct? Yep. Yeah. So it would have been 200 the first day, 150 the second day, 150 the third day. Well, then I had to go back to school, 
and then Blake and another buddy of ours named Brian, they just kept hunting that field because the birds kept going back into it. We'd shoot them and they just go to the other end of the field. We'd hunt the other end. We just kept doing that. And him and Brian, they literally just kept hitting limits. And then they'd call up a buddy and then they'd come out and they'd hunt too. And we, uh, yeah, that, so that, that was an epic day we had, or we, uh, that was an epic field. We hunted the field, I think six or seven times. And we had killed at the end of it all collectively. I wasn't on every hunt, but I think they killed 1200 snows out of that field. And that was insane. The first day we were in layout blinds and I remember just having my blind doors wide open and all these like geese just like finishing like 30 yards away and just laughing uncontrollably because I was like, I don't know. And and if anybody who knows the frustration of snow goose hunting, like it, it that doesn't happen. You know, it's just, oh, it, it was, it was insane. I, it'll never happen again. I'm sure where I get to have that good of hunting unless I'm up north hunting the tree line. But yeah, it was, it was a ton of fun. But after that one, we had another snow goose hunt down in South Dakota where it was the same ordeal where it was a blizzard coming and we had, so this is actually referring back to another story, the main guys. So captain Mike, or we always called them dirty Mike and the boys, they were down <laughs> in South Dakota snow goose hunting with us. <laughs> and then we had another buddy, Tom Tao, and I'm not sure who found the field, but we Tom had Tom had kind of showed us how this field was. He's like, if we set up on the backs of the field, he's like, the geese should come up to shoot, and he's like, you know, we'll we'll be able to hunt them with the, with how the snowstorm's gonna blow in. So we you know we drink the sauce. We're like, okay, we'll do it, and it like legit worked out perfectly. Where we had we set the decoys, and as we're setting the decoys, this like nasty snowstorm came in, and it was like just literally three hours of just carnage and i think we killed three something on that hunt and yeah it was, it was a lot of fun but you turn around and your eyeballs get like blasted by snow so that's just what the geese are feeling the whole time they're coming in they just can't see anything because they're blinded by this snow and then they hit that 30 yard mark and they realize oh shit you know it's a fake field and then we were just ripping into them and yeah it was it was a lot of blood and a lot of mud and yeah it was fun so were you you were the one who put the picture in the group that you had the goose fall on the guy, right? Yeah, yeah. So that was Dirty Mike and the boys, too. So <laughs> that was out in, uh, where was that? That was in North Dakota. That guy was, uh, his name was Phil. So actually, Phil passed away now. He he died of cancer. <laughs> oh, but, really? Yeah, but we were, we were hunting a field in North Dakota. Same type of thing. We, we we developed a really good friendship with these guys out in Maine. Um, they'd come, they'd hunt with us, and then in return, we would go hunt with them. It's really similar to that, uh, the guy who sponsors on here where he does the trade hunting. That's literally yeah, exactly. Eddie Salt with duck season. Yeah, the same thing me and Blake are, were doing. You know, just we were interested in something. We had something to, you know, kind of give. So we would promote that, hey, we can snow goose hunt. So you come out, we, you snow goose hunt with us, you know, but in return, we got to go hunt with you. And got a lot of cool friends from doing that. But Dirty Mike and the boys, they came year after year and they'd hunt with us. And we had a bunch of snows come in, coming real low. I remember there was this one goose, it was coming in. So for everybody who doesn't know snow geese, there is lesser snow geese and there's greater snow geese. And there was just like this one snow goose. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's a greater. Like you, you can look when you look at a bunch of lesser Canada's and you can see that one, you know, normal common Canada in there or that metropolitan Canada, if you want to call it that. 
but I'm like looking at him like, oh, that's that's a grader. And Blake was like kind of pointing at it too, like we got to shoot that one. Well, anyway, we jump up, we rattle the guns off, and it's as we're shooting these guns, all of a sudden Phil goes, ah, ah, ah. He's like screaming, <laughs> like grabbing his ear, and we're like just potting away because we we had him in there pretty good. This was Juvies again, so they were pretty close. And then we like look over. And Blake's always, he's always the one to say something funny. He's like, what the fuck is going on? You know, <laughs> and he looks over and Phil's got all this blood in his ear and it's like all over. And I thought he, his ear exploded. I'm like, oh my God, did you get shot? Okay. That, okay. Hold up. That's another story I got to tell. I got to tell the story about the guy getting shot. Yeah. But, uh, yeah anyways. <laughs> but yeah, we like look over. He's like, no, he's like, ah, and he's like holding his ear. Well, here a goose had came and it was actually that, that big goose. And I don't think it was oh. great. I think he was just a goose that was just a little bit bigger of a lesser, but um, it got shot and it soared down and it hit him in the ear and it actually decapitated the goose, but it like, it's artery broke though, like right at his ear and like all this ear, all this blood was like just packed in his ear and yeah, he like, I don't know if he had a concussion or what, but it was, it was pretty funny. <laughs> so tell oh. the uh, the kid that got shot, tell that one. It's funny story, kind of. Somebody yeah. didn't die, just so everyone knows. It's uh, definitely one, you got to remember gun safety, right? Because it's never funny for someone to get shot. But we can laugh about it in a sense because nobody ended up getting really, really hurt. So that, I, I just want to put that out there right away. You know, gun safety, obviously, number one. And number two, someone getting shot is not funny. But with, that, with further ado, I'll tell the story. <laughs> so this is in central North Dakota-ish. <clears throat> This is like super far from home. This is far from like anything. And we had guys from kind of the Grand Forks area. Me and Blake, th- at this time I had moved up to Fargo. So me and Blake were living in Fargo. And then I think every I think everybody was kind of right around that area. So we go kind of central North Dakota. So everybody knows that's, you know, three, four hour drive. That's nowhere near home. And our buddy, he's got this really good field. And being our buddy found the field, you know, he gets invi- he invite whoever he wants. So the guy who ended up getting shot was, would have been for me, a friend of a friend. And so everybody knows who, when they hunt ducks, ducks will circle and they'll circle and they'll do that pitch where they pitch probably, you know, maybe 150 yards out. And when they do that pitch and they center up, you know, you got them. And so we had a, a small group of ducks work us right away in the morning and we rattled into them and we killed maybe, you know, three or four, nothing too crazy. And then right after that, we had another wad. And this was a bigger wad coming. And as they're circling, they did that pitch. So you know they're going to come. And uh, when they're coming up to shoot and at about 75 yards, there was like a muffled gunshot that went off. And uh, instantly again, Blake, not knowing what happened, he he's like he like kind of pops his head of the blind. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? You know, like, <laughs> what are you doing? Like, they're going to do it. He's like, why are you shooting right now? And this guy's like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, my gun went off, my gun went off. You know, and we really didn't know the guy, so it's kind of like, I don't know, maybe he's new to hunting, I don't know, what the hell, like, that was stupid. Well, it was probably two or three minutes went by, and it was like silence, where no one's, like, saying anything, you know. I'm sure someone did, a, you know, a couple quacks here and there to try to call some ducks. But all of a sudden, my one buddy, his name is Dylan, he looks over at this guy, and he goes did you shoot yourself? And the guy's like, no, no, I didn't shoot myself. You know, kind of like, why would you think that? And probably, it was probably another minute went by 
And then he just kind of goes like in a soft voice. Maybe I did shoot myself. It is. <laughs> I'm like, oh, shit. And I'm somebody who I'm like very queasy. So instantly I'm just like, I'm going to throw up like. Huh. And obviously we all know when you're in layout blinds, you, you're all in a line, right? So I look down the line. And as I looked on the line, I see him put his foot up on the on the gun rack or the safety bar for your gun. And I can see a red ring in like a Hanes sock. And as soon as I see that red ring in his sock, I instantly like like I start like throwing up and I run the edge of spread like I'm about to throw up. And uh, <laughs> my buddy, Dylan, he's an EMT. He does. He's he was like a dynamite guy there. He's like, you know, delegating everybody. OK, like making sure he's OK. He's like having this person call 911. I wasn't doing shit because, you know, I need to go throwing up on the edge of the field. Yeah. And uh, (laughs) there's like ducks all of a sudden, like everywhere all around us. And while like someone's calling 911, Blake looks at me and he goes, I don't give a fuck. He's like, if these ducks come in, he goes, I'm shooting. (laughs) (laughs) There was this, this, he's on the phone with 911. And we had like, uh, we had probably a group of six ducks pitch out of 40 yards. And you're just like on the edges of the spread, just bam, 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 <laughs> just shooting these ducks with this guy bleeding in the field. He just shot his toe off. And uh, so anyway, we're like talking and we get it lined up. It's like, OK, we're going to send them to this hospital. We don't need an ambulance. Yes, we're OK with the sheriff's department calling us. You know, no, you don't need to call the landowner. The landowner knows we're out here kind of going through all that stuff. Right. Just to make sure it wasn't like a crime that was committed. It was a, truly an accident. And uh I like force myself. I'm like, okay, I don't ever want to be in war. So I never want to see a gunshot wound like to a person. I was like, but this is like a once in a lifetime opportunity. Like I got to go look at this guy's foot before like he goes away. Like I can't, I can't pass this up. So I like go downwind and I just kind of like look. And at this point he had taken his sock off and how I could explain, explain it was he had his pinky toe through his index toe and then his big toe was like a waxing moon. So like just like a sliver. <laughs> and it was just like pushed the, the side a little bit. Like obviously the people can't see us, but Garrett, you can. But it was just like. <laughs> <laughs> it's like pushed off the side. And instantly, again, I'm queasy. I like I instantly just throw up. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, they drive a pickup out there and. I gathered myself and I was the one delegated to like lift him into the pickup. So I lift him and put him in the pickup. We go back to hunting and yeah, after he left, we absolutely murdered. It was, it was a hell of a hunt. It was really fun. And so how did he end up doing it? Did he have it in his blind or did he just like have it pointed straight at his toe and it went off or what? So we figured it out. Um, he, so our buddy, so he was, it was a friend of a friend. So my buddy had talked up this field. He's like, it's going to be good which he was not lying. It was going to be a good field. And the guy was so excited that he brought two guns. (laughs) So what he did was, is after we shot the first group, he, when he got back down really quick, because that other group of birds was coming, he slipped both guns under that safety bar so he could reload them. And when he got his main gun reloaded, he didn't have it on the gun bar and he had the safety off. And as those ducks were making that pitch, he was trying to lean back to pull that gun up to put in the safety bar so he'd be ready. Well, as he was pulling it up, the gun went off. And I'm not lying. It looked like someone shot him with a rifle. That's how close that barrel was to his foot. And <laughs> so he left his boot out there in the field. So anyway, yeah, the reason the reason that happened was because he brought two guns out there. But we made uh, 
we more or less made like this little piggy went, you know, <laughs> we, we we all the way home jokes the, the whole day. It was it was fun. <laughs> we made light of the situation, but uh, kind of as a final joke, once we found out he was okay, on the way back, I dropped I dropped his boot off at on his doorstep. <laughs> <laughs> call me call me an asshole but i thought it was funny that's hilarious <laughs> yeah the, the poor guy i felt bad for him he still hunted though that year i gotta give him props he, we hunted him with a couple of their times and he had to have a walking boot on um i but, bet so i'm sure they took off his whole big toe then didn't they i don't know i don't know if they did something or what but yeah <laughs> um do you gun, got any gun safety kids <laughs> yeah gun safety you got any other funny ones you can think of? Any crazy things that happened out in the field? There was one time where we probably could have gotten like AIDS or something on the snow goose hunt. Is that the sheep one? Yeah, hepatitis so, sheep or something. <laughs> so I got the uh, I got that wrote down so you don't miss it. So I have a terrible memory. So where were we at North Dakota when that happened? Were well, we, we, we were just, north. Of, we can't always tell where we're at. But we were like in central North Dakota, weren't we? That's we were yeah. over by. No, we so we were on the southern part of North Dakota, um, okay, kind of in the central area. So, if anybody knows snow, well, I'm not gonna lie. If you know snow goose hunting, it's no secret where the corridors are. It's no secret where the birds are going through. Um, yeah, we were kind of in that southern central area of North Dakota. Do you want me to run with it, or do you want to go for it? I don't care. Whatever you want. Do you yeah. remember it fairly well? Yeah, I do. Um, okay. So. For snow geese, right off the bat, everyone's claims like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm a decoyer. You know, we chase juvies right after this. I mean, I want to say that, but I'm definitely not that person. I'm more of like the sandlot, like going to get the ball. Like I'm pulling out all the stops. I'm trying everything. Whatever I can do to kill snow geese is what I do, right? So meaning that we jump shoot a lot of snow geese if there's yeah. an opportunity. <laughs> snow geese, yeah. If, I, I, so I will say if it's juvies, I, I don't do it. But if it's adults... Hell yeah. I mean, Fuck em. yeah, no mercy. Seriously. We put in enough hours trying to get them that we can jump shoot a couple. It's not worth trying to decoy the adults. So yeah, we're jump shooting. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we, we find this, it's like this sheep farm and it's like the perfect opportunity we think with like the angle we're at. Um, everybody knows once you get in the situation and when you look at angles and like that stuff can stuff that looks like it's 40 yards is actually 120. Right. So but we pull up on the sheep farm and we're like, there's no way this this guy would let us, you know, crawl through his go through his sheep pasture to jump so, these snow geese. What what it was was there was some water they were sitting on behind the sheep pasture. There was some yeah. open water that they were sitting on, and it was hundred couple of hundred yards or whatever from the sheep whatever, the farmer's house. Yeah. Up behind it. So, so it's it's legit like if you think of like a stoplight, it's like, you know, the green light would be the farmer's house. The yellow light would be the sheep pasture, and the red light would be all the snow geese. It was yeah. like they were all in very close proximity to each other, but it's also like this could be murder. This is like one where you know we could clip heads and absolutely make it make them hurt, you know. So we're kind of going into it like there's no way in hell this guy's gonna let us do this, and he's like, yeah, yeah, go for it. He's like, but make sure if you get some, you know, drop them off on my doorstep, which is something you never hear. So it's like, okay. We just got the permission to shoot geese on this guy's in this guy's backyard, but also if we kill a hundred, he wants them all. Like, yeah. let's go. So it was me, you, and Rusher, and this was like Hunter this, was there too. Me, oh, yeah. you, Rusher, and Hunter. 
and this was right when COVID was happening. So everybody's like freaking out. Um, everybody's like calling. Everyone's like saying, oh, we shouldn't be doing the snow goose trip. And yeah, it, you remember it was a mess. But, yeah, uh, they were talking about shutting down the state line for our county line or something like we didn't know if we were going to be able to make it back into Montana. It was right when it popped off real hot. Yeah. And it's like, what the hell is going on? Is this like martial law? Is this like the apocalypse? Yeah. Everybody knows COVID. I know it's weird time. But uh, so, yeah, we're out here trying to shoot snow geese during this. And uh, <laughs> anyway, this farmer's like, yeah, go for it. Have fun, you know. And he's watching from like his window as we're going through this pasture. So, again, green light farmer's house, yellow light pasture, red light geese. Well, in between the geese and the pasture was this kind of like waterway. And it was frozen and it was it was pretty cold during that time. So we we're like, OK, we're going to walk on this this kind of like frozen patch. And there was a lot of brush, too, so we could kind of stay low. It's like we'll just walk along this ice. We'll get to these like kind of line of trees where the geese were. So as we're crawling, all of a sudden we like start busting through the ice like crazy. And uh, it's like really deceiving. So what this farmer did was on the edge of his pasture he dug a super deep ditch for drainage. So that way his, he like dug it in a way. So that way when the water came, it wouldn't flood his pastures. And it was also to help erosion. And of course we didn't know that because it's freezing. We don't have like a topography map to see how deep this water is. And we start busting through and we bust through. It's like hip deep and it's like gross, like dirty, stinky water. Well, we're like, well, whatever. So we kind of bust through, bust through. We're like, we're already, we're already wet. You may as well just finish it out. Yeah. Let's just keep going. Well, then we like kind of get up on some ice, you know, and then we stop to make a game plan and like all of us reek. And I don't know who it was that looked over. And it was I, me. Yeah, it was you. And you pointed, you're like, what the fuck is that? And I like look over and it's like a floating, like skeleton looking thing. I'm like, ugh. and here <laughs> one part that we fell through into was the farmer's death hole. <laughs> you're throwing all those dead cows and dead sheep from over the years in there. So we were going through that water. And it's got rotten carcasses sitting yeah. down in the bottom of it, just soaking it up. Well, then in, in instantly I like get this feeling of like, oh, my gosh, there's like bacteria like eating our skin. And yeah. then we go a little bit farther down. We break through again. And then it's like every time we break through, you like look over and they're like, oh, my gosh, there's more like there's more sheep. Oh, my gosh, there's more sheep. Yeah. And then the one time we look over and like we're like submerged in water and you like look over and there's like a cow floating in the water. <laughs> and I'm like. This is like so hillbilly redneck disgusting. And for everybody who's on the edge of their seat, we killed two geese. Yeah. Was... Crept all the way up there, got soaked in gross dead animal water just for two geese. Because when we got up there, we couldn't even get close enough to them. No, yeah, because they were a lot farther away. I'm not sure if they spun out or what. but And people, if, if, you, if you know the spring, it's absolutely nasty, muddy. So to crawl through a bunch of stocks, you can't crawl through a bunch of stocks because you'd be in like vietnam you know rice paddy water it's it yeah. would be impossible so yeah needless to say we dropped the two geese off that were in the death hole that were in this guy's whatever hole and then yeah we went back to the hotel and showered and i think you guys left after that yeah yeah we kind of decided with the COVID thing going on we wanted to make sure we could make it back into montana and that uh i think that kind of put a damper on everyone's uh want to hunt after we just crawled through that gross nasty water for an hour and froze and yeah yeah we did have a couple good days though luckily we, we timed it pretty good and we uh we did scout appropriately we we got three hunts in where we got to hunt the fog so we had double digit days the three yep. days we enjoyed, and then 
yeah, we tried to get greedy and jump some some adults, and yeah, I guess that's maybe why you shouldn't jump snogies. <laughs> yeah, that was that was disgusting. I still think about that from time to time. Like we're so lucky we didn't catch some sort of disease from that. Cause like I remember the first time I fell through, it splashed me in the face too. Cause like I was like crawling and I dropped through and my feet went, and my hands kind of went, but I kept myself up, but I still got like a face full of it. That was disgusting. Yeah, think like, ugh, yeah, no, thank you, magnet maggots, and luck. Luckily, it was just winter time, so hopefully, a lot of bacteria was dead. <laughs> I mean, we're still alive now. I don't remember throwing up afterwards or anything. So, I mean, I glow from time to time, but <laughs> <laughs> oh hell. So I guess, let me think. What other things have we done together that are crazy? People might care about. Oh, should we tell them about the? Uh, the uh, snow goose hunt in Enderlin or Edgeley or whatever it was in the haunted hospital. Yeah. Uh, so I want to say if, if the guy who owns this, owns this place is ever listening to this, I have nothing against you, but it's a story that's like, it's freaking wild, bro. <laughs> yeah, man, you got, yeah, he's, I got another story about him too. I'll tell that real quick before we do that. Cause this is a quick one. When we were in college, he was in my class, and he lived in the apartment across from mine. Like, there's two different apartment buildings. He was in the other building, but it was right across from mine. And we had to go to school in the summer to learn about powertrains. And uh, I had my bow, and Wapton was overrun with cottontails, so I was just out there with my bow after class shooting rabbits all the time. And he, uh, I shot one one time, and I was going to throw it in a dumpster, and he asked what I was going to do with it. I said, I'm going to throw it away. And he said, I'll take it. I'll cook it up. And he took it and cooked it up. And he didn't show up to class for like three days because he was sicker and shit throwing up and couldn't get off the toilet. <laughs> so, again, the guy is a wholesome guy. But, yeah, just to kind of get some backstory, this is who we're, we're working with here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so this this was kind of at the season where I really wanted to kill a snow goose. This is before I got into, you know, doing the trade hunting. This is before I got into decoying them and really figuring out for myself. So I was – kind of at, at this point in my like hunting if you want to say resume it was the point where i'm like listening to everybody you know and you're willing to try anything right because you just really want to kill him yeah and he was he had told me and garrett he's like yeah he goes you know we have all this gear he's he had told us he had like 600 some full bodies um he yeah. told us he had a bunch of e-collars all this stuff he's like we, you know you can stay at my dad's place or he can stay at this like one shop whatever and we could say his apartment is what he said. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, the apartment. And I'm like, dude, I'm so in. Like, I want to kill these snogies so bad. Let's do it. So me and Garrett, we head out to Edgeley. And we it get- started out with us. I got a ticket on the way. A speeding oh, ticket. Yeah. When I was going, I was going like five miles over the speed limit. And I got a ticket. So I should have known that it was bad law. But anyways. Yeah, the cop caught you at the top of the hill. I remember that now. Yeah. I like I really wasn't speeding. I was it was just like five over. Like most cops would just flash their headlights at you. But anyways, keep going. Yeah. So we get we get to Edgeley and right off the bat he's like, Yeah, let me give you a tour of the place. So he goes, you know, this is my dad's shop. There's an apartment well, above. Well so sorry to keep cutting you off, but when we got there, we were driving around this place. I didn't I'd never been to the town, didn't know what it looked like. Edgeley kinda looks like a village. If that, like, it's abandoned pretty much. At one time it was a town, and now it's abandoned. There's not many people that live there. So yeah. we're trying to figure out where this apartment was, because I was expecting an apartment building. Well, we couldn't find it, and eventually he uh, found us and drove us there. And it's like this two-story brick, just, it looks dilapidated. Like, nothing had been in there for a decade or two. So that was the apartment. So we get there, and I follow him, or we follow him 
up to the apartment and it's like these wooden stairs that just like I I don't know like they had installed so we had to go up these stairs up to this loft to get into the apartment <laughs> on top of this building. Anyways, keep going. You want me to take it? Okay, that's funny that you're, you're like that they 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 built. <laughs> yeah, um, they, they they weren't original stairs. I'll give you that. <laughs> and uh, so yeah, he's like. So we like drop our stuff off and it's, it's like you step in, you step into this, again, this apartment, this quote unquote apartment. And uh, it's kind of like, where do we go? Because you yeah. couldn't really go anywhere because there was just shit everywhere. There's well, like, and like he's in the corner. There was like kind of an opened up living room. There was a bunch of like kind of not really garbage, but it was just like old stuff, like in like the one edge of the kitchen. And then there was a fridge with the with a case of Bud Light in it. Yeah. So it's like you and, step, like, where do you go, right? And this this is the size. Of, like, if you just, like, take a uh, average size bedroom in your house, if you, like, take two and a half of those, that's about the size of this. Like, there's a kitchen on the left, and you walk through the door with the fridge, and then on the right, there's, like, this room with, like, a couch and a TV sitting on a box over on the corner, and that's pretty much it. Yes, that that, that is, like, it to a T, with really poor lighting, and you can tell it was musty. <laughs> yeah, and very. He, he goes and he starts walking in the hallway. He's like, oh, yeah, you and Garrett can, you can sleep right here. And then we like walk into this this twin room or this room with two twin beds. And the beds look like there was cats like living there in the, yeah. like for two years. And the beds never been changed. Like it was there was so much hair on there. And I'm like, oh, like, I don't know if I can do that. You know, I, I, can, I can sleep in anything. I was like, I can't do that. Well, then he's like, well, let me show you the rest of the place. So we're like going down and all of a sudden we like start looking at all the doors. Yeah. So let me stop you again. So by the rest of the place, we went through another door at the end of that little hallway next to where those beds were. And we go through this room that's like another big bedroom, but it's just stacked to the ceiling with shit. And there's no light in there. There's like a little pathway that you walk through it. And then we went through another door into this long hallway. It was a long hallway that ran like you went through the door and you're like at a T intersection. The hallway ran to your left and right. So we start walking down the hallway and there's a bunch of doors in the hallway so now what was on those doors drew what was written the one said um the first one said waiting room and then it said nurse's office then another one said x-ray the one said doctor's office and then there uh, there was another one i'm not sure if it was surgery i don't think it was surgery it was surgery no it was surgery and it was like instantly i'm like what the fuck dude i was like where are we and he's like oh it used to be an old hospital too and so the, so the upper story was a hospital on this thing. So what we were staying in was an old hospital room. Like we were like we were like the extended care rooms, like post-op rooms was what this apartment was. Yes. So <laughs> we're it, that's, that's exactly what it was. And uh, and there was no lights in that hallway and stuff. We were just going with our phone lights. And, and you and there was like these buckets on the ground, too, that were catching the water because it was springtime and the roof was leaking. So you'd be like walking and you'd like step in like a bunch of water and instantly i'm like so i used to watch a lot of ghost adventures as a kid <laughs> and i'm like thinking oh my gosh there's like gonna be a demon that's gonna come and like possess me or some shit you know and i'm like kind of freaked out and yeah um this is again when you were like 15 or 16 too so you're still fairly young or you might have even been younger because this was like one of our first hunts this, this is my was, first thing yeah. in college so i yeah i probably would have been 15 i i've been i don't think i had my driver's license then so i was probably 14 then i don't know yeah because you drove out there yeah but yeah it was <laughs> It was weird. Again, I got nothing against the guy, but it was just like, it was not what I expected. And <laughs> we stayed out there. We hunted for three days. I think we killed 13 geese in total in three days. So 
Well, the first two days we didn't shoot anything. It was, it was, well, and then that first hunt, you remember that first hunt with the decoys, how that went the first morning we were going to set out? Yeah. So I had never snow goose hunted, so I didn't quite know what decoys were. I didn't know what socks were or anything. And so that night we were throwing all this shit in a trailer, the bed of the pickup, whatever it was, and we were going to go out to the spot. And as we're throwing it in there, I open up one of the bags and look in, and there's the sock, and it's like a sock from the 90s. So it's like a oh. – it looked like a Walmart garbage bag on a stick. And that's why I said, why the fuck do you got a Walmart garbage bag on a stick? These are our decoys. Are you fucking kidding me? They'll work. They're good decoys. So what what they were, for everybody that knows, so there's there's the old school original Texas rig decoy. Well, then there's like the off brand of that was like kind of like the plasticky version. It was almost kind of like a poly kind of bag type thing. And it was just like those tablecloths at weddings where you could like poke your hole, you poke your finger in them and you'd leave like that perfect hole. That's that's what these were. <laughs> so they were like knockoff Texas rags. But yeah, we had what, probably 500 out and we saw a lot of geese, but it obviously was not real. Oh, and there was right. no either <laughs> yeah there's no e-caller we had nothing he had nothing so we like set out the spread and then we just would lay in it just in silence so it did it did not work but yeah finally the last day we shot some and then that was when i broke my gun to that, that was, 870 what no that what yeah that was your gun yep 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 because i had to use his brothers that was all rusted up and i couldn't get the thing to pump yeah and how do you fix it beat it <laughs> no it was wd-40 yeah but then he beat it like he took he like grabbed it by the pump and then was beating the butt stock on the ground while holding the pump until it finally broke loose and the pump went down and then he had to use two hands to slam it back up and did that a bunch of times wd-40 so it actually start pumping god that's it was like, that's, that's some like vietnam hunting right there <laughs> that was not that was not <laughs> enjoyable We've and like almost, you said good guy yeah I don't want you to think that we're talking bad about you, but you got to admit that was that was quite the ordeal. That was an that was an adventure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got nothing against the guy at all, but it was just like, what the hell are we doing, man? <laughs> yeah. Oh hell. <laughs> and then, do you remember we would when we were doing like our when we were really young and dumb and we would take off at like midnight and drive to get to a spot so we could sleep there because we were always afraid someone was going to take our spot so then we tried to tune into or we would try to find coast to coast ghost to ghost on the radio so then yeah. i we couldn't find them and i'd play them on my phone through yeah. the bluetooth you remember that one time when we were going to we were going to grandma's house grandma backman and uh we were cruising around the corner and we were listening to that and one finished and it was something about some girl in a white dress so I pulled off to the side of the road into approach, and I shut off the headlights, and I shut off the pickup so it was completely dark. And I said, Drew, what if I flip on these headlights and that girl's standing right there in front of us? And you started freaking out. You're like, no, dude, no, don't do it, no. And you were you were terrified, and I flipped on the headlights. I went, ah! And you jumped a little bit, and then you're fine. But And this and this is why I thought a demon was going to come walking out of that, that hospital. <laughs> people don't know, Coast to Coast, Ghost to Ghost was this radio show where people call in and at late night, it was like middle of the night it would be, and you could call in and tell your ghost stories or oh, yeah. Bigfoot stories or whatever you had. Yeah, anything that was like conspiracy, ghost, demon, Bigfoot related, you could talk about it. Aliens, yeah, it was pretty fun. Yeah, there were some weirdos on there for sure. When you, when you had Nick J on here, did you talk about um, their Him and Joe's series where they would go to the farmer's no. house? 
Oh, no, see, good. I, I was going to, but I was so sick when I did his interview with him. I had something. I had a terrible fever. I, I was barely hanging on when I was doing it. So that's why it was so short, too. It was just like 20-some minutes with him because yep. I, I couldn't think of anything to say or talk about. I was just dead. But he wants to come back on eventually. He said, so if I get him back on, we'll talk about that oh, stuff. Yeah. Honestly, I would love, if, if it's possible, I would love to be a third wheel for that because I would dig into I that. I would just be videoing it. <laughs> Just let me ask questions about him walking through those those houses. I thought they used to have it on YouTube, but I couldn't find it. I looked the other day. I couldn't find it on either of them. Yeah. I think was, they had it on Facebook, though. So I think what they, they recorded on Snapchat a lot of the times. Yeah. The, yeah and every now and again, and every now and again, Joe Heinz. It, we're talking about Joe Heinz, the Joe in that. Uh, yep. I'm sure most people have him. If you don't have him, you should add him on Snapchat. It's Mr. Heinz, M-R-H-E-I-N-T-Z. Awesome hunter. But anyways, they had this whole series where they would – get drunk and go into abandoned houses and look for ghosts in quotations. It's, it's pretty much like a comedy skit. It was hilarious. But every oh. now and again, you post it on a story. He hasn't done it in a couple of years, but they were hilarious. Entering the haunted or something like that. Yeah. It was so funny. And it was, yeah, it was just these random farmers houses that they got permission to like walk through. And yeah, the, so what made me think about it was the girl in the white dress, because the funniest scene that I remember was there. <laughs> so so I don't I don't know Nick Johnson on a personal level. I don't know Joe Heinz on a personal level. I don't know any of these guys on a personal level. This is just me, you know, watching my phone, what most people do. Right. But uh, <laughs> the one scene that I think was the funniest was they like put a dress that they found on like a broomstick and they put it at the top of the stairs and they're like <laughs> creeping around the corner, you know, like fake ghost hunting. And all of a sudden, they, like, turn the corner, and there's, like, this dress on the top. <laughs> of the- and Joe turns. He's like, Turk, shoot that bitch. And he just turns and just blasts this dress. With a shotgun. They've got shotguns. And there's, boom. <laughs> and, again, these are, like, these are like houses that have, like, went through a tornado. Like, nobody lives in these houses. And, you yeah. know, they have permission to be in them because they're hunting on these guys' land. But, oh, yeah, it was so funny. <laughs> so, do you remember – when we went shed hunting with Randy and Austin and we stumbled upon all those antlers and skulls in a circle and you started picking them up? <laughs> no. So what I was taking, yeah. So Okay. Uh, just like just, so what it is is where my grandparents live, there's a lot of Sioux Indians live there and like their draws are where the Indians migrated through when they were going for winter wintering grounds. So there's a lot of sacred areas in there. Mm-hmm. I talked about this when um uh Scotty Goggles was on. But anyways, there's it's still on the reservation and they still do like ceremonies and stuff. And one of the things they do I is they take skulls and antlers and they form them in a circle. And inside of that, they do I don't know what they do, but it's kind of like a ritual thing and like a, something to do with um, ancestors like spirits. Mm-hmm. So anyways, we were shed hunting, going through this draw and uh, we were looking for antlers and we're going through this draw, and all of a sudden there's an antler, and there's a skull, and there's an antler. And Drew, what did you do? So I like come to this, and I like see this, and I'm like, holy shit, score! So <laughs> I was definitely old enough to know better, but I'm also like, this is awesome, right? So I'm just kind of a little hellion. So I like grab like these, I grab like the three biggest antlers, and I take a buffalo skull. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of buffalo running around in South Dakota still in the wild. In right. northeast South Dakota. That's so just I, meant to be there. So I, like, see this, this skull. It's like, it, like, I have to hold the skull with one arm because it's so damn big. And then I have, like, these other antlers, like, in my hand. 
And I'm like walking back up to the group and my uncle turns around. He's like, what the hell are you doing? (laughs) And I'm like, they were just on the ground over there. Like, isn't this awesome? I'm like, all pumped up about it, you know? And he's like, more or less call me a fucking idiot. (laughs) Yeah. So you had to go put him back and went down with, we looked around and they were like all in a circle and there's a bunch of different skulls with all of their noses pointing in towards the middle of the circle. Like obviously that center spot is like something sacred and ritual and druid went and broke it up who knows if they were trying to hold an evil spirit in there or what yeah man i don't know it, it didn't get <laughs> they must, must have already got rid of it <laughs> god dang it yeah what do you do right honestly so do you think that uh grandma's barn is haunted yeah no so i don't think it is anymore but growing up it definitely was like those so just to kind of like give my two cents my mom like took some photos and there's like people talk about orbs right and there's also like the conversation of like well orbs are just like dust particles blah 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 which i totally agree there's a lot of like crap out there that's not true i'm not like somebody that's like oh yeah you know i don't know they're just weird shit in the world so it's kind of hard to be like how is there not something else out there but there's like some photos of my grandma's barn when they would milk and you would like take a photo of like say all the what are those called the what what, what the station the stanchions yeah you could the milking photo, stations yeah you could take a photo of those and it would just be a clear photo and then immediately take another photo and there'd be like 50 orbs in it and there'd be like people's faces and like some of the faces would be like smiling and some of the faces would be like super red and like super angry and yeah it was fucking weird but <laughs> yeah, there's one where me and Alicia and grandpa were milking or feeding a bottle calf. And right next to us in the picture is a, one of their dogs, like a ghost of it. The dog had been dead, but you mm-hmm. could tell straight, straight up it was a dog. And there's one where they're standing. I can't remember if I was in this one or not. I think there was, but we were standing in the middle of the barn with grandpa and grandma. They took a picture and right above us, there's an old lady's face looking down on us, smiling. Yep. And yeah. then just to the, so then they have another farm. So it's not their farm, but it's the neighboring farm. It was called Lloyd's store. It's where they would go and get like groceries. And we took a family photo there one year. And my, so my grandparents, they, I think they were having surgery. I think grandma was having hip surgery or grandpa was having some type of surgery. So we weren't having Thanksgiving at their house. But what we did was, is my mom, she really likes to be spontaneous and she really likes to make people feel involved. So even though grandma and grandpa couldn't be at the farm, we still went to the farm to have Thanksgiving because that's what we did every year. Well, we went to Lloyd's store because we were replicating all the different things that they would do when, you know, the land was abundant and there's a lot of people around their age. And so we go and we take a photo at this Lloyd's store and you look at all of like the heads and you have the short people in front, right? And in the back row, you have all the taller people. And on the very end, there was an orb where like a head would be. And it was, I guess it was this Lloyd guy. So to answer your question, I think that whole place is haunted. So yeah, that whole, that whole bottom like I said, there's a lot of there's a lot of natives that died there. Like there's burial mounds and teepee rings up above Grandpa and Grandma's house, around the hill right behind their house. There's that big rock that's down in the bottom where they used to grind corn or wheat or whatever it was. Yeah. Like about three quarters of the way down the draw. Where we scum those turkeys. Where, where we found the turkeys. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, do you remember, were you there that Christmas my dad caught the turkey in the yard in the grain bin? Uh-uh. I, I didn't, I thought you guys were there, but maybe not. But anyways, we were all in the house, and my dad and his brother, be our uncle Randy, 
they went out and my grandparents caught a lot of turkeys in the area. And so in the wintertime, they're right up in the yard eating. That's back when they were um, farmers too. So they had grain bins in the yard that had corn or whatever it was. And so it had spilled out and they had just emptied out a grain bin. So the grain bin door was open airing out. Well, anyways, some of the turkeys had gotten the grain bin to clean up what was in the bottom of the grain bin. And so dad and Randy went down to the bin Dad went in there with a flashlight. Randy closed the door on him with a couple turkeys in there, and he ran around there with a flashlight until he caught a turkey. <laughs> and then they went up to the house, the wild turkey, and brought in the house. And Grandma does not enjoy animals in the house, and she no. just started freaking out. Dad's got this live turkey by the legs, and it's flapping and making all this noise and knocking shit off the walls and everything. And he goes running downstairs to where all of his grandkids are hanging out down the basement playing, and he lets the turkey go, so this turkey's just running around, flying, bouncing off the ceiling, bouncing off the wall, knocking things off the wall, and Grandma screamed downstairs, get that thing out of the house! And so all of his kids, and my dad had to catch it and take it outside. I thought for sure you were there. For, I was pretty young for that, though. Maybe you don't even remember it, because you were well, so young. Yeah, I, I, maybe I was, like, yeah, just the age where I don't remember. The <laughs> That honestly sounds like the farm, though. The, yeah. the first turkey story I remember was, it was so the same instance, when you know when you're kids, everybody has a story uh, of like where you're hunting and you're hunting something you're not supposed to be hunting, right? Well, it was me, you, and your little brother where we were. So Jake, um, we were trying to shoot these turkeys that were eating in this same exact grain bin with our longbows, and I had like this little red like fake compound bow, and I told so we like go out there, we chase these turkeys away, we're trying to shoot them, we're like running through the hills trying to shoot them with these like plastic little bows, and uh, we come back up to the house and grandpa goes, did you shoot any, you know? And, uh, I go, yeah, I shot one in the foot. And then, uh, grandma goes, turkeys don't have web feet, Drew. And I was just like, shit, she got me. <laughs> do you, you weren't there, but do you remember my chicken that I shot? Grandma's chicken. Did you see that picture? Uh, uh-uh. I'm sure I, I'm sure you've heard of it before, but, uh, we as with one of those little bows i was really young and i'll stay at grandpa and grandma's for a couple weeks in the summer just hang out with them because we live so far away to do that in summer anyways so i just had this little crappy bow and i wanted to shoot stuff with it i was tired of shooting the target and i told grandma can i or asked her can i go shoot one of your chickens because she had a bunch of chickens running around and she thinking you know i'm a young kid with this little pretty much plastic bow i mean it, it shot real arrows but if you shot a rabbit with it the arrow would have bounced off and it, yeah. the rabbit wouldn't have even noticed. She said, oh, yeah, if you shoot a chicken, I'll cook it for you. So I go down. The chickens are wild. It's not like they're in a coop. They're just running around the yard. Mm-hmm. So I go down there with my bow. What's that? There's So uh, this was so there was like a season where they had like as much poultry as like a chicken farm. Like they probably had upwards of like 150 to 200 chickens. There's so a they lot. had a bunch of chickens. So anyways, I go down into this shed. And there's a bunch of chickens in there. It's an open shed. They weren't contained in there. But there's a bunch of chickens just hanging out in there. And roosters. And that was something Grandma said to you. But don't shoot my chickens. You can shoot a rooster. Again, thinking I wouldn't get one. So I creep up on this rooster. He's hiding behind like a the three-wheeler or four-wheeler or whatever. So I creep up on this rooster. And I get like five yards away from him. And I draw back that bow. And I don't even bring it to my face because I know it's so light. I'm going to kill this thing. So I drew it like past my ears, far back as that bow would go. It was bent like in a straight-up U. And I shot, and that arrow hit it, like, right behind the head, and it hit it in the neck, and the arrow bounced off, but it must have broke its back or something, because it just laid there flopping, but it's still alive, moving its head, but it couldn't do anything behind, like, it couldn't control its legs, it was just, like, flipping, so I ran up there, and I jumped on top of it, and bear-hugged it, I left my bow in, then I ran all the way up to the house, holding this rooster, 
and I swing open the door with my one arm and come in, and Grandma was sitting by the table or whatever drinking coffee, and I got a rooster. What do you got the rooster for? And I, you said if I shot the rooster, we could cook it. You told me I could shoot the rooster. Oh, you know, shoot, don't shoot my chickens. And she's like, well, let him go. I'm like, well, I don't think he can go. He can't fly or run. And by that point, his limbs had stopped moving. He was His head was still moving. <laughs> he was still alive, but he was paralyzed. So, like, I set him down. He just, like, flipped over but kept his head pointed up in the air. And uh, so we had to go wring its neck, and Grandma chopped its head off, and we cooked it that night. But, yeah, there's a picture of me holding that that rooster, and that's when I shot Grandma's rooster. A spine chicken. <laughs> a spine chicken. Do you remember – this is kind of not a great story, but do you remember that snow goose that wouldn't die? With – in Edgeley? Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. Well – so yeah again this was like this we we didn't this was like very early waterfall hunting but yeah so i knew to like ring a neck but we were told like oh don't ring the neck because like it looks bad for photos or something like that which is so stupid now that you know now that i know how to ring a neck it's super simple but they're like just bang the head off of a, a tailgate so we did that we banged all the cripples off the head of a tailgate thought they were all dead and then we're going down the road, and a blue goose jumps up in the back seat, starts flying around. Yeah, we were in in his little explorer or whatever it was. Yeah, so it was just in the back, so in the bed. So it starts flying around, and Drew's in the back. So he grabbed it and whacked its head on a receiver hitch or whatever, a ball hitch. And we're cruising, and I look back again, and I just see the goose head popped up above the back of the seat looking at us, looking forward. So, I mean, that's not a great, great yeah. uh, story, so- but... I know. I mean, then again, like I would just put it down to just wring the goose's neck. If someone says, "Oh, use a finisher, use that or whatever," screw that. Just wring its neck. You you break its neck, it's dead. So yeah. Do you remember when we went paintballing at that farm and the goose? That was yeah. the farm goose. I, I was honest. So I borrowed his paintball guns uh, not too long ago, probably a year ago, and then right before I moved, I was gonna bring him back because I forgot I had him. And yeah, as soon as I drove up, I instantly thought of that story. <laughs> <laughs> so was that me or you? I thought it was me. It was you. So I, I, I want to tell this one. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, you can kind of like sight in a paintball gun, right? Um, obviously, it's not a science because you're shooting round paintballs unless you get threaded, threaded balls. So Garrett was kind of tuning his paintball gun to try to like get you turn, Yeah, you turn the regulator to... Uh, Increase or decrease how much CO2 you have going through. If you're shooting too fast, it'll spin too much and it'll curve left or right. If you're shooting too slow, it just kind of like droops down. You want to be it moving as fast as it can and still be going straight. So we were shooting at trees, adjusting yeah. the Allen, Allen wrench to get the regulator set right. And I, I, I'm not sure. And so, yeah, we both were doing this. And, and it, it wasn't just us, too. It was like there's a bunch of people there. Like they put on this like big paintball war thing in, in these trees behind their place. So there's a bunch of people there. It was probably like 40 people, yeah. So Garrett got the idea. There's so there's these there's these farm geese that are walking by, <laughs> and again there's a group a group of people, and we are all like, oh, someone should shoot the goose, someone should shoot the goose. And Garrett gets his paintball gun where he thinks he likes it. And he's like, all right. So he literally turns and <laughs> he like wallops this goose like straight in the temple, and instantly <laughs> goes like, Mah-huh? and it just boom out, just totally out cold. And we're like, holy shit, we killed this. <laughs> And like it's and this is not like you can tell like this like this guy is not having these geese here to like eat them like they're pets <laughs> like got their own little like area and like pond and shit and we're like holy shit we shot the goose I'm like well what do we do and like well like 
I don't know. There's 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 like 40 people here with paintball guns. Like they're not gonna know it was like just our group, right? So we're like, screw it, it's dead, leave it alone. <laughs> so. It's not like it was like right in the yard. It was like out in the trees. Like it was it was a yeah. ways out too. It was a long shot for a paintball yeah. gun. We we go and we like play paintball, and this is like four hours later. Like we're no, it was probably even longer. But uh, we like you know have like a great day. We paintball, <laughs> and as we're like walking back to like leave. As we're like walking to this area where like this goose was originally, the guy's son who was hosting it, he's like, what's on our goose's head? And here the goose woke back up and it's got a huge. So it's, this is a this is a white farm goose and its head is now green because in the face of the paintball gun. And it's just like walking around like normal. And, uh, yeah, it, it was funny. We thought we killed it, but then it like it got and it was fine. But then later, that same kid that was like who owned the goose technically, like is his dad's. He's like, oh, he he like said like some said something, and he like took off after that same goose and started shooting it. So poor goose <laughs> got shot more than most kids that day. <laughs> oh shit, that was a good time. That was a good time. Was that? Oh, that wasn't you. No, somebody else that day got a paintball like right in the web between their pointer finger and their thumb, and it peeled their skin back. Yeah, I remember that. There was also. There's also a guy so – this, this was a bunch of rich farmers, and uh, they had a bunch of really nice pickups, like, down in these woods. And the one guy, he parked it, like, right on the edge of the – of, like, the course. And, like, <laughs> it's, like, a brand new – it's, like, a black Chevy. And it was, like, ripped up with paintballs. I felt kind of bad, but I'm, like, probably shouldn't have parked it so close. <laughs> yeah. Man, there's so much stuff we don't – I can't even – I can't even remember it all. Yeah, I know. There's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that goose still gets me. I still tell that story all the time, especially yeah. when I start talking about paintballing. Poor goose. Um, What else? We haven't really talked any fishing stories. I don't remember. Did we have any anything cool that we did fishing or not? I know I took you spearfishing up here for your first time, but did did we have anything you, crazy happen to us? Did I tell you about the time after I went spearfishing with you? Oh, I don't know. Where I where I went spearfishing with my dad. You might have I don't know. Go ahead and tell it. So yeah, it, it's it's not crazy, but when so when you're cutting the holes, so we weren't using a, we weren't using a bar, we were using the just an auger, and we were just you know doing yep. four, five down, you know four across five down or whatever it was, whatever that <clears> configuration <throat> is. And my dad ripping the auger, and then I was kind of like the slush guy, kind of scoop shoveling everything out because it creates a lot of slush, and. You probably know where this is going, but as I'm clearing the slush, it fills in, and you can't always tell where he cut. Well, he got to the point where it was basically, you know, the whole queue, the whole queue was perfectly cut out. Well, I went to scoop shovel and get some slush out of the way, and I fell in the hole. <laughs> yeah, and it was like super cold out, and I remember like, I like went down, and I like hit the bottom, and it wasn't deep enough to where like my head went above, but I was probably nipple deep, and it's like freezing. And it's probably, I don't know, it's probably 16 inches of ice. So I, like, jump out, and I'm like, what the fuck, what the fuck, what do I do, what do I do? And my dad's, like, <laughs> laughing. And, and he's like, go warm up in the pickup, I guess. So <laughs> I, like, run to the pickup. I mean, it's probably, I don't know, it's probably 200 yards, so not really far. And I remember getting the pickup, and it's like, I'm, like, frozen solid by the time I get there. And uh, I just, like, crank the heat in the pickup. This is, like, an old Ford. So the heat was good in it. And... Uh, I sit in there for probably a half hour, more or less just wait for him to get the whole shack set up and the heater set up and everything. And then once I was like 
kind of dried out. Luckily, I never, ever have extra clothes. Luckily, I had a little bit of extra clothes this time. So I wasn't wearing any pants. I just put on a different pair of bibs and then just a sweatshirt, went out there, and we spearfished for a couple hours with the heater, like, blazing. But, yeah, we killed – I think we killed three or four. That lake had a slot limit, so we kept getting fish where we couldn't tell if they are in the <laughs> slot or not. And, yeah, it's just more or less an excuse to say I'm not a very good spear fisherman, but <laughs> – I mean, we've had a couple of them where you, you're not the best once it gets cold. You freeze pretty quick. Yeah. A couple I, of bird hunts. So the, what really got me, and I don't know how science works. I don't get it. Well, I don't get human anatomy. But when I was in Maine, the first day I had told, I had said it was like negative eight or negative nine when we got there. So we're like hunting like ocean. And so the water doesn't freeze, but we're, we need to come in and out of the water constantly. The water's constantly creeping up these ledges. And I dressed like super warm for, you know, being in Maine. Like I was wearing more clothes than most people. And I'm like trying to move around, keep warm, you know. And I got so cold that first hunt that like I couldn't feel like anything below my knees. So it felt like I was walking on peg legs when we got done with the hunt. And <clears throat> when I got back in the pickup, it was like my, like my feet were like kind of like bluish, not, not like the crazy photos you see where people's legs are purple, but you could definitely tell there wasn't a lot of blood in there. And I could like kind of pull my toes apart. And like, it was like, they would kind of like stay and they wouldn't really retract right away. And honestly, ever since then, like I do not hold cold good at all. I mean, I, I can handle it, but I'm a pussy. <laughs> yeah. Man, there's more stuff I know that we've done, but I'm just, drawing a blank right now for some reason i keep thinking of something to do with my pickup but i can't remember what we did with my pickup that would have been a good story i mean a lot of things but do you remember your little uh john boat we took out on the red river ripped around on that you mean when we were trying to go back up the channel that yeah that channel was going faster than the boat and we really couldn't go anywhere yeah that that we thought we were going to be kings of the river well yeah the idea there was a there was a group there was a group of islands just north of this. What's well, it's it's where you put the boat in. It's just north where you put the boat in, and there's always Canada geese that would sit on these two islands. So we were going down there to scout that, and yeah, we got down there, but we couldn't really get back up. I'm not sure how we got back up. I think we had to oar while we were you were running the motor. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah, honestly though, that river hunting. It's super good. It's it's the same without West, you know, getting to like shoot all those big Canada's man. It's that's so after. So snow goose is definitely like my favorite, like hunting all in all. But if I'm going to like do a like a, if I could go do a trip right now and it wasn't shooting ju- juvie snows, I would go shoot those big Canada's on those on those rivers that stay open in the winter. Because one, they're all big. And it's just like once you get them patterned. It doesn't matter if you have the feed field or not. As long as you get under them, you're going to have a good day. And it's and there's literally so many, too. They pile up on these because it's only open water, right? And they don't want to leave. And, yeah, it's carnage. You remember when I lost my goose call? How pissed Drew was or uh, Blake was at me that day? <laughs> well, yeah, that's that was so that's early goose. Anybody that knows early season north dakota geese it's either like it's either red hot or it sucks and we found the field blake found the field sorry i I didn't find it blake found it 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 will look it had the potential to be a red hot field and uh, we had shot what three or four 
And yeah. then the, you were you were going to pick up a cripple, lost the goose call, ran back out there to grab the goose call or try to find the goose call. And like literally the whole roost came. Yeah, well, I was out in the middle of this. It was a plowed field, too. So there's no hiding. And I was oh, out there. I was trying to my goose call had come apart of my lanyard and it was only strapped on on the mouthpiece. So the barrel and the reed and the the stuff that makes the call fell off somehow it came apart and it fell off into that field so all i had was a mouthpiece so i was out there trying to find this goose call because it's the only goose call i had and so all of a sudden i hear geese and drew and blake are just screaming at me to get the fuck back here was what blake was saying in his accent get back here get back here so i was booking it as fast as i could through through this plowed over field so it's like running on dirt clots and literally it, yeah, it, did, it didn't pound out good. I didn't make it back to the blinds, so I just laid down in the field, and they uh, they saw me. The geese spotted me somehow. This big thing in a yellow reed camo sweatshirt laying out in the middle of this black field, and they didn't like it. Yeah. And Blake didn't like it either. I mean, some some guys nowadays, they would just tell you to A-frame it, but I'm honestly, I'm not sold on the A-frames. I, I, I don't have, like, I, I don't have enough good hunts with an aim frame i have more bad hunts than good hunts with a frames i mean i've had i only have like two hunts in mind where we used an a frame where it was like perfect one was like a there was a drainage ditch where we put the a frame in the drainage ditch and it was like a pit and we absolutely murdered them and then there's another one too where it's kind of a side shot we set up some cattails and it worked well but other than that like one, I wish I wish the farmers on the eastern side of North Dakota didn't till so fast. And two, I don't know the the depth thing with geese. I think they see them. I think you're better off using layout most times. That's just my opinion. But yeah, it was it it was in Garrett's in your defense, it was kind of a hard hide to begin with. I mean, yeah, it was honestly with that many geese coming out once, they probably would spot us anyways in that field. But yeah, but. We'll never know. Blake was pissed. Never did find the call. No, you didn't. <laughs> um, so on a closing one here, I can't really remember if this is two stories I've put together, but do you remember the one hunt we were going early in the morning? We shot the raccoons on the way there, and then it was a super foggy hunt, and the pickup wouldn't run or something, or am I running two stories together? So, yeah, a lot of these stories are like, I like how we're telling other stories where, like, when we first started hunting, we sucked at it. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, just, yeah, me and Garrett started out hunting. If there's any young listeners and you're like, man, like, I see all these people, like, posting all these big pile picks, like, don't worry, it'll come with time. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Me and Garrett, we hunted a season, and in that, we, I don't know, we literally went every chance we got, and we probably killed 100 birds in total that year. Yeah. So, I mean, it's definitely just learning curves. But yeah, I do remember that. It was. <laughs> you tell it because I, like I said, I've got a terrible memory and I don't remember if I'm running stories together or not. It was. Uh, so I didn't know how to hunt little geese at the time. I thought you hunted little geese like you do big geese. I mean, hunting little geese now, what's worked for me is big spreads, lots of calling, lots of sound. Right. And yeah, so we found a little goose feed. There's a bunch of them in there and it was a plowed field. But next to this plowed field was this um what do you call it it was a it was basically just a cut field so it was really super simple to hide and we didn't really know the area at this time i didn't really know how to scout it was just like you went to a field if you saw geese were there you're good right well 
needless to say, <laughs> these geese went back to this water. We didn't watch them go back to water. And as we're driving out, there's these coons that were using the side of the road. And um, so we jump out of the pickup and we're shooting these coons a lot. In the middle of the night. It was like two in the morning or whatever. Yeah. So we're like, having, we're like, oh, my gosh, this is going to be the best day ever. You know, we got to shoot some coons. Okay, now let's like go and, you know, shoot all these geese. Well, here, the the water that all these, these coons were next to was literally the roost. <laughs> <laughs> so we popped the roost. We went to, uh, you know, hunt this field. And then, yeah, I remember it was super foggy. I remember it was super cold. I remember that was we, the day that we had the coyote come into into the spread. Do you remember that? Uh, no I, so that might be where I'm mixing it in with another hunt, but I'm pretty sure on that that was the time that we had that coyote come creeping up to our spread. Yep. And you didn't shoot it. You had a shot, but I didn't because I would have been shooting the head to the decoys. Oh, honestly, knowing now, I would have said to shoot the decoys. <laughs> <laughs> but then, so anyways, and then it was either your pickup or your buddy's, or your old roommate's pickup wasn't working when we tried to leave. Was Troy with us? Yep. Okay, so that was Troy's pickup then. Wasn't and then, running. and then he left and went back to Maryland like two days later. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, anyways, yeah, the pickup wouldn't start. So, how did we go about it? I don't remember. You fill in. Well, you called your dad, and we also you got a ride with like this weird farmer or something. Oh yeah. So what it was. <laughs> uh i like walked okay okay you pulled it full circle for me so i walked to like this farmhouse so we're like looking everybody can look at google maps right so i'm like looking at google maps and i see like there's this farmstead and it's like dilapidated like it should be knocked down this this is like one of the houses that you would see in like the nick joe nick jay and joe ghost videos mm-hmm. so i'm like walking up to them like there ain't no way someone lives here so <laughs> i walk up to it and there's a guy there and he like answers the door. It's a super old dude. And he like, he's like, yeah, yeah, I, I can help you out. I can help you out. So me and this guy jump in like this old three in a tree pickup. He drives me to the cafe where I like wait for probably 45 minutes for my dad to come so he can tow us back. <laughs> so me and Trevor sitting on the street. We had no clue what was going on because we kept losing phone service too. So maybe your pickup wasn't out there then. It was no, my pickup wasn't there. Oh, okay. So then it was just his pickup. Yep. Yeah, okay. we all went in his pickup. Yeah. So then, yeah, that, I remember that old farmer. He was super nice. It was like, I mean, but again, you were like a young high school boy just knocked on this random old guy's house. Yeah. Probably sent the wrong guy up there. He literally had like so many cats. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, he was super cool. Yeah, he helped us out. There was so this 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 is a another story that's kind of funny. Um. This is another one where I got really cold in actually, but again, I'm a type of snow goose hunter where like I'm gonna I'm gonna pull out all the stops if we can if we can pass shoot them decoy them jump them whatever it takes we're gonna kill them right. So this was when the guys from Maine were down in we were down in South Dakota, and we found this field where if you have a field kind of like in one area just to the right next just just right adjacent to this field is a um what you would call it a stream and like the cattails are super high in the stream and you can see the the water's super clean it's not very deep so there was this guy that was so it was me a guy named goose nazi i don't remember his real name we always just referred to him as goose nazi and this guy was a killer like he hands down 
there's a lot of killers on the internet, but like I honestly believe some of the biggest killers are people you don't see on the internet. And this is definitely one of them. Like this guy was like super sharp and he could like make any like any scenario happen. And then uh, Blake was with us too. So Blake drops me off at this lady's house to get permission to sneak these geese. And I was always the one to, you know, go ask for permission, especially when I was running with Blake. Because, because you were the young boy? Yeah, I was young. He, he always called me. He goes, you're babyface Nelson, man. He's like, they're going to think you're 12. You know, and at, yeah, I mean, I was like, at this time, I was probably 18. But he's like, they're not going to tell a young kid no. And he's like, I'm from Louis or not from Louis. I'm from Kentucky because I got an accent. He goes, you know that as much as people say, you know, they, they give equal, equal opportunity to everybody. You know they don't like out-of-staters. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. So I always ask permission. Not always, but 99% of the time. So I like go up to this lady's house and, you know, right away I'm like, hey, you know, can we go jump these geese that are right next to your door? We're not going to make a mess. We're just going to be in and out in an hour. Right. And instantly she starts it off with, oh, I just love watching them in the morning, though. She's like, oh, they're, they're so pretty and how they spin down like that. And instantly I'm like, shit, she's not going to let us do it. And then uh, she just kind of like, I suppose you can do it. You know, I'm like, holy crap. I, I wasn't pushing her to you know, give us permission. And she says, yes. And then uh, she had like this little dog in her arm and it was a little chihuahua. And I had mentioned the chihuahua or whatever. And she's like, oh, yeah, this is we'll call him Arnie. And then she goes, I have a I have a German shepherd and she just had some a litter of puppies. And I was like, oh, that's super cool. And then she points and she's like, oh, that's actually her right there. And it's like this like this really big white German shepherd. And she's like milked up like she's got some big breastuses on her because she's feeding, you know, and uh, she's just like looking down at me growling. I'm like, oh, shit. And the lady goes, don't worry. If I'm here, she's like, she won't do nothing to you. So you're OK. And I was like, OK, good, good, good. Well, then we maybe have like two more minutes of dialogue max. And this German shepherd's like bird dogging me. And she's like, OK, have fun. Goes in the door, shuts the door. And the moment she shuts the door, this like German shepherd starts trotting on me. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> and Blake is not like near the house. He's kind of like kind of parked away. So I just instantly turn and just start walking like kind of briskly towards this pickup. And all of a sudden this German Shepherd's like on me. So I like take off sprinting for this pickup. And I'm like, you know, trying to be a track star. And then German <laughs> Shepherd's like on my ass, like freaking out. And you know how dogs will like bark and they'll like kind of nip. They're not biting. So she was like on me, like doing that, like right next to like basically my back. And I like get the pickup and I like throw the door open. And I like jump in and the dog jumps up on the pickup and is like just freaking out, like foaming. I don't know if she's foaming. In my mind, she's probably foaming, right? <laughs> just freaking out at me looking through the window. And I, my heart's like going so fast I can't talk. So I like I just thought I was getting mauled by a dog. But in all reality, she probably wouldn't have truly mauled me. She probably just would have hit me a bunch of times. But yeah, my heart's like going super fast. And then it was probably like two minutes because I couldn't calm down. And Blake looks at me and he's like, you get fucking permission or not? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I got permission. I'm like, but I was like, I just almost got attacked by a dog. <laughs> and he's like, oh, you're fine. Let's go. So we go. And just like Goose Nazi had like explained, like we were able to walk up like right on these geese. But when you had to walk, you had to like do like this army, like kind of crouched walk in this stream. And yeah, I ended up falling and I like submerged myself and I was like trying to stay low because I didn't want to like, you know, stand up really fast to catch myself. So I just let myself fall. So the geese wouldn't see me. 
and yeah, that was super stupid. I got like way too cold because we still had to walk like 50 yards. We shot a bunch of geese. We had to do cripple cleanup and I went back to the hotel and I was like, I got like kind of sick from it, but yeah. What do you do? We, we killed a bunch of geese. So it was worth it. Is that your uh, best permission story? Yeah, honestly was the, <laughs> the German shepherd. Yeah. I've had, I mean, I've had weird phone calls with people where they've like, kind of like told me like blatantly, like very rudely, like no, or they'll like lead you on just to tell you no, you know, but that's, it's whatever. I mean, what do you do? You just keep asking, right? Do you remember when we went to that uh, Amish or Hooterite place or whatever it was to ask permission? Oh, yeah. And all the sheep and had collars on them? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's all goats. The, they had collars on them. Yeah. All the yeah. goats, they treated like dogs. <laughs> yeah. Well, we went up there. I, we were snow goose hunting, weren't we? Yep. This is snow geese. Yeah. This and we went up there. And I started to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. We went up there. Well, we saw these snow geese. And then I saw on the map that there was this place with houses in it. We pulled up as like a Hooterite colony was there and we went up to this big main place and i got out and asked for permission i went and knocked on the door and a young lady opened up the door and her eyes got big and she slammed the door and then i looked to the left and here come this older gentleman and his son and he told me or asked me what are you doing and i said oh we were he was obviously upset not happy with me and i said oh we were just gonna ask permission to go hunt these snow geese and he said if you come here don't knock on the door something about the women aren't or women aren't allowed to see someone who's not their husband or brother or something like that without permission like he was upset with me you were sitting in the pickup huh. but anyways i talked to him for a bit and i don't remember if he got permission or not but yeah they had all these goats with dog collars on them and i remember walking back and the one had your like fender and bumper and he was chewing on it on the driver's side he oh was really? on, like, trying to rip it off yeah <laughs> i don't remember that that's awesome i do remember the goats though yeah, I so I, th- I think what it was the so I remember th- it was like next to the field, but they didn't own the field. Yeah, because we did end up hunting that field because that was the field we hunted the first afternoon. And this was before Onyx, so we were yeah pretty much guessing like if you saw a place close to a field, usually if you they didn't own it, you could talk to them and figure out who owned it and how to get a hold of them. Right, and if and if it, and if Onyx was a thing at this time, it was like we obviously didn't know about it. Yeah, because it was kind of just like yeah throw a dart at the map and see which see who's closest yeah do you do you have you seen any crazy things while you're out hunting anything spooky anything cool anything spooky so the i guess the one thing that i the one thing that i enjoyed the most i got to see the northern lights the northern lights a couple times i've never ever been like spooks um i've never actually knock on wood ever been in nature where i've had something like crazy happen i've never had like some well, I've had I've had wolves go by me, but wolves aren't that freaky. That's deer hunting, but I've never like thought I saw Bigfoot or a ghost or something. But no, the Northern Lights, those are the super cool to see, um, especially when it's like super clear and you can like really get a good get a good picture of them. And then there's been a couple times too where it's just like I'm not sure if it's supposed to happen, but there's like a meteor shower, like that's super cool too to see. But yeah. I've never had like I tried to catch a raccoon one time in a field. <laughs> <laughs> did you get him no i got close i got his tail but he like did that that hiss thing and i pussied out and i ran away <laughs> actually that same hunt i dropped my phone kind of right where that raccoon was and i hunted the whole hunt not knowing where my phone was and 
I literally was like going to leave like, okay, I don't have my phone. And I remembered that I was messing around with that raccoon over in that area. <clears throat> and it wasn't right where I was messing around with the raccoon, but just a little bit farther down, I found my phone laying on the ground. Do you remember, we'll do this one and then we'll close her out. But, uh, remember when we went hunting with old Spreckelbelly down in South Dakota? Yeah, this was, this, this, this was the same time we got to see all the Amish people, the Amish goats. That was down there? Yes, that, that, that was enough. Yep. Mm. So what 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 part of the Spreckle Belly part? Well, I mean that was just a cool hunt in general. Those guys just let us. They had a spread set out. Yep. And nobody, they were supposed to be hunting with us. It was just some random guys. Well, they weren't random. We were on the pro staff for Hayes Call. Yep. And uh, they, one of the guys was on it too. And uh, anyways, we talked with him to get a hunt lined up down there in South Dakota, a snow goose hunt. And we got down there, and him and his friends had a spread set up somewhere, and they were all supposed to be hunting with us, but none of them could get off work to hunt. So yep. they just said, well, our spread's set up. You guys just go down there and hunt it. And we went down there and hunted their spread for a couple of days and hammered geese. Yeah. Was that the one when Was that the one when we were taking the picture, and I said this would sure look good with the blue goose? So that was the hunt before it. So there was a hunt before where – so me, so we hunted a field that morning where we killed 10 – uh snows and then as we like were taking the kill pile to like you know like so we actually had like 400 socks out too which is i would say is kind of impressive for two people who really didn't know how to snow goose hunt using 400 and we socks. got there that day we got there that day and set out all the socks and then we just set out there that afternoon yeah 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 and then as as we're taking the the kill photo blade or not blade i had my I, I had my gun laying down with a shell in the action, like pointed out in front of the pile because the guy I bought the gun from said, you're never going to shoot a snow goose. Nobody can shoot snow geese. So I was going to take that picture and send it to him. So yeah, anyways, as I'm about to take the picture, I'm saying, God, this will look good with one big blue goose sitting right in the middle and look, and we look up and sure enough, we're standing there in the middle of spread. Here comes a blue goose just floating it in, just uh-huh. cupped up, coming right into the spread. So I ran up, grabbed the gun, threw that shell in the action in the barrel, lined up on him, boom, dropped him. Walked out there, picked him up, put him in the middle of it, reset the picture, and took the picture. That's, that is a, a million percent true story. I was like, what the heck just happened? <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. And, yeah, we were standing there in the middle of spread. You just come in perfect, all by, all by his lonesome. And then that afternoon, so the afternoon we hunted with Cody. And if Cody ever listens to this, shout out to, shout out to that guy. Like, yeah. that guy super cool, super hospitable, super nice guy. I mean, I don't have a – I can only praise that dude. I mean, he put up with – Literally two, at this time, what, you were probably 20, and I was maybe 17. He just let us yeah. stay, let us, you know, kind of have the rule of kind of his hunting area. So, appreciate it. But um, Would you, uh, what I was going to bring up on this is, would you like to apologize to him for what you did to his house? What'd I do? His bathroom. You were that- sick. Oh, yeah, I was sick. I do, I do remember that now. <laughs> yeah, the bathroom was right next. The bathroom is right next to his right next to his bedroom, and you spent like the whole night just blowing up his bathroom. <laughs> and his wife is not happy that we were there. Yeah, sorry, Cody. <laughs> you can't put a price tag on memories like these. Come on, man. Give. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, no, we we but to how we ended that trip. So the the day before we left. So the last day we hunted, we didn't really hunt. We had to get back on the road, so we literally sat in a spread for maybe an hour. But the night before we left, um, we killed 50 singles or we, we killed 50 geese with Cody in the spread with us. And every single goose we killed was a single. Yeah, it was. And if you don't 
goose hunt really if you got a single or like a two pack and they see your spread and they're coming you can pretty much just stand up and walk around and they're gonna come in they yeah. eat it up if they're by themselves they're just trying to find friends so it was i mean it's kind of a slow day but it it's just that it's so fun because you don't have to worry about is this group actually going to do it because if they're coming in they're coming in you really have to mess up to get them to leave and we probably did it and probably i mean we did it in probably five hours too we weren't out there for like a super long time either so it was like almost like constant action and like literally every single that came like did it we were right next to a refuge so there was a ton of bird traffic so yeah like Garrett was saying the big flocks wouldn't do it but those singles would just like suck it in and yeah there's like no doing wrong it's a lot of fun we did like a bunch of like solo videos of like each other shooting them and stuff like that but man i feel bad i blew up that guy's bathroom yeah (laughs) i was right next to his bedroom and i i slept good that night and the next morning when we left when you were driving out you're like dude i feel better now but i was so sick last night i feel so bad because i couldn't be quiet it wouldn't stop (laughs) right next to his bedroom and then yeah that next day when we got back his wife just really she was nice the first day second day you can kind of tell she was already over us oh hell and then we cleaned all those geese in his backyard, and we weren't quite very clean on cleaning. Like, we weren't as good, so we were leaving a lot of feathers. So his whole fenced-in backyard was just covered in white feathers. Hey, man. I mean, killers kill. I mean, either jump on board or get the fuck out of the way. No, I'm joking. Your wife's, I'm sure, is super nice, Cody. I remember you guys were awesome, so apologize about that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hell. Yeah. So you got any good words, any advice for anybody that's listening? Yeah. I mean, the only thing I can think of is what I've learned. Everything you do for waterfall hunting, everything is is a supplement to scouting. So if you don't scout and if you don't scout hard and if you're not looking at the right geese, looking at the right weather, it doesn't matter what decoys you have. It doesn't matter what call you're using. It doesn't matter what boat you have or what shotgun you have. I mean, if you're not where the correct birds are, I'm not just saying be where birds are, because if I told you go find the the snow geese, you're going to go find an adult field and get stumped every time. You know, scout your heart out, find the good birds, find the birds that you want to kill, which are and in this case for snows, you want to kill the young geese. And after that, that's when you really hone on, OK, why they're there. How can we kill them? But, yeah, the biggest thing I can say is just scout, man. Cool. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on. Uh, it's too bad we couldn't do this in person over Christmas, but Grandpa and Grandma are sick, so that didn't pan out. But again, yeah, thanks for coming on. If you ever want to come on again, you got my number. So, right well, I guess I'm going to go take care of some kids, maybe take the boy fishing this afternoon. So you have a good rest of your day, and we'll talk to you later. Awesome. Appreciate it, Garrett. Absolutely. Goodbye. <laughs>